Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast, episode 70. What? I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman. And the with the first pick summer scouting school continues. Today, we're talking defensive linemen and linebackers. And Rick, last year, four defensive linemen and a single solitary linebacker went in the first round. And I feel like this upcoming group that we're about to talk about here could be deeper and maybe a little bit more athletic at both positions. What do you think about that? Uh, Definitely a defensive tackle. I think it'll be uh, pretty comparable linebacker-wise, in my opinion. So, And Debo, he has to say that because Rick is just freshly ret- returned from Detroit where he saw Jack Campbell, the sole first-round pick of the Detroit Lions. Actually, it's not sole. It's- no, the sole linebacker taken in the first round, excuse okay. me. Yeah, thank you. Clarify. <laughs> the number 12 pick was Jameer Gibbs, their other first-round pick who also was electric. But that's why Rick is very excited about the linebacker class in 2023. But we're going to talk about defensive line. Really, but that's fine. I'm excited about the deep tackle class, but we can talk about the linebackers. Yeah. I'm going to talk linebackers and defensive tackles. Okay. 24 version. Perfect. All right. Does that work? That'll work. All right. And look, in case you missed it, on Monday, we looked at some of the rookie standouts outside of Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell and those storylines from the first few weeks of training camp. Rick and Pete made their visit around um, the Florida teams, and Rick just is freshly back from Detroit, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, jeez. If you're watching on YouTube, Debo was very excited to share this picture. This is Rick and Pete. Where are you here, guys? That that would be Jacksonville. So this is Jacksonville, where which is funny because I sent you, Pete, and producer Dane a text because you were all the same height as Trevor Lawrence. And I said, Dane, how many Apple boxes is Pete standing on? And if you listen to the podcast, there's a, a very unflattering photograph that Debo has put, put, put on YouTube that you can see at NFL and CBS, where Pete is, in fact, standing on an Apple box and is still about four inches shorter than, than Rick. So Dane lied to me. 
the truth is in the photograph, unless this photograph has been doctored, which I don't think it has been. Has it, Rick? No, it has not been. And it's kind of embarrassing if you do fly <laughs> with Pete. He has to bring his little stool so he can sit on it. <laughs> oh, no. He, he, D-Bell has, uh, on the rare occasion, gotten angry DMs from Rick uh, from Pete about some of the things he's done that didn't put <laughs> Pete in a flattering light. I suspect, Debo, you'll be getting another DM shortly. <laughs> well, we both, we've blocked each other. So even if I were to post this, he wouldn't even see it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. So check that out on. Please post it. Check that out on the YouTubes. If uh, you know what you ought to do, Debo, is text it to Rick and let Rick tweet it out. Because Rick would, and I can just see Rick laughing at himself as he hits the send button because he laughs at everything he says. And so that, Pete would act like I was the one that took the photo. Oh, yeah. He would be very angry at Debo. He wouldn't say anything to Rick. He would be yelling and screaming at Debo. So it's a win for everybody, Rick, if you look at it like that. Anyway, we talked about some of the, the pit stops that, that Pete and Rick made in Florida. And next week, we'll talk about some of the, the rookies uh, and their performances based on actual football. Preseason week two is what they call it. A whole slew of games coming up starting Thursday through Sunday. And uh, we'll even talk about the Detroit Lions, where Rick has just returned after spending a few days watching practice. And, and Rick, quickly... Give me your thoughts on on how the lines looked. Yeah, they look very good. I think uh, there's a few things that they have to address, but for all the expectations put on them, um, since they haven't had expectations, the last time I can recall is when I was there in 1992, uh, the last time they've had some expectations put on like this. But just talking to the people up there, when they had to combine practices with the New York Giants, my talking with my brother and people there that they said they maybe had 10 people in the stands to come out and watch practice. Now there's a waiting line just to get tickets to get in. And they sold tickets to this combined practice and it, they were sold out within three hours. Unbelievable. So let me see if I can remember correctly. Wayne Fonts was the coach in 92 when you were there. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, when Barry Sanders was rolling and uh, we made Here. it all the way. I can't remember the year to the NFC championship game. Eric Kramer, quarterback? Uh, Rodney Pete. Oh, USC Rodney Pete, baseball player as well. All right. All right, we'll talk about that sort of stuff on Monday, so circle back for that. But for now, we're talking summer scouting. And by the way, you can check out the entire summer scouting series in the old podcast feed. We've done all the offense, and we're halfway through the defense. And finally, good news for you, Rick, we're doing this thing back to our normal twice-a-week schedule, the old podcast. So check that out on Mondays and Thursdays. And if you like what you see here, Take a second to hit the old thumbs up on YouTube at NFL on CBS. And you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, because it really helps the show. It only takes a second. All right, Rick, let's get well, to it. Three and oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I already did the DBs, and I already submitted my answers to the questions to Debo. So it's it's funny when you submit your players, uh, and I have you submit them, not with the grades or the comps or anything, because you – like Yeah, but not to me. separate email, not to you, though. No, right. But I get the names, but I think that you leave them in order and I have to make a point to sort of cut and paste it without really looking at them because I don't want it to affect my order. And I can tell you this much. Our orders for defensive tackles and linebackers are, are like two different people who are watching these these players play. So this is going to be interesting. And I would imagine you'll be as respectful and kind as you always are. So I look forward to <laughs> 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 almost made him spit take there, Debo. I tried to time it just right. All right. Let's start with the old defensive tackles here. And to go to Ohio State. <laughs> we spent a lot of time in Ohio at Ohio State with these players here. Um, Michael Hall. And that team was so deep last year when you watched them play. They just had a rotation of guys that were coming through the defensive line. And Michael Hall was, uh, 
I say surprising, but I use that because I, I, I didn't know about him until I watched him the other day. But a surprisingly good athlete. Uh, I thought he was incredibly – let me get the numbers for you here. Unofficially 6'2", 285, and 496. We'll see if all those numbers bear out over the course of the draft process, of course. He just turned 20. And one of the things, and I meant to mention this, and I probably should have prefaced this at the beginning of the scouting series, I sometimes hesitate to talk about underclassmen because I know sometimes NFL teams don't like underclassmen to read their press clippings and make determinations on their future based on what some dummies in the media might say. That said, Michael Hall was a, was a fun player to watch. We'll see what his future holds in terms of whether he returns to school or not or comes out. But I liked a lot of what he did. I thought he was a very high motor player. I thought he was incredibly strong given his size. And I thought he did a lot of good things. I watched the Michigan State game where he put up some pretty gaudy numbers and play, played basically a handful of snaps. Uh, so when your success rate is something like 85% on tackles for loss and sacks based on the number of snaps you played, that gets your attention for sure. Uh, he is your number one guy. Is that right? Yeah, and that's kind of like my success rate right now against you in my comps. Oh, gosh, that's not, you're not even wrong about that. You say a lot of things that don't make sense. You're 100% accurate on that one. <laughs> so let me just say before you tell me about Michael, Michael, Michael Hall Jr., you had him as your number one guy. I had him as a, my number three guy, but I liked him athletically. Go ahead. Yeah, no, there's no question about the athletic skill set. Uh, and I thought for a little bit of an undersized guy, he does play with surprising strength. Where he struggles a little bit is when he has to take on double teams and combo blocks at the point of attack. But this guy has good range. He's a wrap-up tackler. Quick first step off the snap. Uh, best using his athletic tools and finesse as an inline rusher. I watched him against, unlike you, I try to watch him against guys that he's going to play against in the NFL. So I watched Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan, all three of those centers were drafted. Uh, six sacks he had last year, I think, can increase to double-digit sacks this year with more opportunities. Now, just as a preview, uh, Ohio State is loaded on defense <laughs> next year. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, defensive line, defensive end, corners, linebackers, they're, they're, they're stacked. Um, but I really like this player. I think he has tremendous upside, and I think he's going to take another big jump this year. You know, it's funny. I, the comp you used for him, I thought about using uh, the Canadian player whose name I won't mention right right yet. I'll let you unveil it. Uh, but I went with his teammate, actually, who was drafted a year or two later uh, in Dallas, that is. Uh, Osa Adigizua out of UCLA. A little undersized. I think Hall's a better player. Adigizua had a great senior bowl. His tape wasn't that great by comparison. I thought he had some athletic traits that didn't always translate. I think Hall has a chance to be better than he does. But I didn't take Debo's advice. I didn't oversell the comp. I undersold it. I thought you did a better job. <laughs> do you like that <laughs> yeah that what well, does that mean you're surrendering and throwing yeah up? oh i gave up last week <laughs> should have gave up three weeks ago yeah no kidding I, I was uh what's it called when you don't you don't recognize the obvious in front of you that was my problem three weeks ago who's your cop yeah. for uh, michael hall jr i had uh uh gallimore uh, yep. down in dallas uh when he came out of oklahoma he was a quick twitched athlete it's hard to find three techniques they can rush the passer, and I think this class, and we'll talk about a couple of these other guys, maybe one of the better classes I've seen over the last couple of years is inline pass rushers that also have some size to them as well. Very good athlete. I think he fit into this right now just because of the upside, uh, and if he does end up with double-digit sacks, which I'm predicting next year, Ooh, play time he gets, that uh, I think he'll be in the first round. 
Oh, okay. So quickly to, to recap, the first rounders last year, Jalen Carter went ninth overall. Kalaja Kansi went 19th. You just saw him in Tampa Bay, although he was uh, banged up. I think he didn't play. Uh, Mozzie Smith, um, another cowboy to go along with Gallimore and Odigizua. He was drafted 26 overall. And then Brian Brzee, who we talked about uh, at length last year, overcoming all the things he had to overcome. A- another really good athlete. Brzee, I mean, all these guys. Oh, my gosh. Brzee, Mozzie, Kalaja, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's probably the best athlete. Oh, yeah. Yeah, best player who, overall. Who's, who's second best athlete among that group? Uh, that's close. Yeah. Well, if you go with Cansey, but he's undersized, but athletic. What about Mozzie, though? Mozzie's bigger. Just the Mozzie, most- Yeah, Mozzie's bigger. Mozzie has some freak athletic traits, but I didn't like the way Mozzie rushed the passer and he didn't play hard all the time. But Yeah, but I mean just strictly athleticism. You don't see him play. You, you, you see him doing the, the – the, trying to the, do the athleticism opposite or away from what we see at the circus that they do right right at the combine i'm trying to look at the athleticism on the field which is the most important to me and That's sometimes right. athleticism with the combine numbers and the pro days don't always translate to what you see on the field so i don't try you to skew my opinion on the athletic <laughs> numbers off the field i try to really evaluate the athleticism on the field Rick Spielman, no time for hypotheticals. That's what I'm hearing. All right, let's go to the number two uh, defensive lineman that that uh, we both agree on. We both had him ranked second. Um, our guy Debo had a poll for this player in terms of which comp was better. I would imagine I'm going to take a whooping in this one in a second, but we'll get to that momentarily. Your comp is insane, by the way. It's it's. I mean, that's that's another planet comp for our guy Leonard Taylor. Leonard Taylor, excuse me, defensive lineman out of Miami, unofficially six three three zero five four eight four. I mean, look, he actually looks like a 484 guy when you see him out there moving around. He is so twitched up. Michael Hall is twitchy. I feel like Leonard Taylor is even twitchier. Uh, played a lot more uh, a lot more frequently in the games I watched compared to, to Michael Hall, but he also, there was less competition on that Miami uh, defensive line. Uh, he was consistently quick off the snap. He, he gave uh, interior offensive linemen all sorts of fits uh, when he was shooting gaps, whether the A or the B gap, and they really had no answer for that. Active hands made it difficult for the uh, interior offensive lineman to, to lock on to him because his hands were so active and strong. Um, showed a good power, bull rush, and could collapse the pocket consistently. Uh, I thought sometimes he freelance a little too much trying to make big plays, but those seemed like easy coaching fixes when you have that sort of athleticism and that high energy snap in and snap out. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree. I'm not going to elaborate on everything you just said because uh, I agree with a lot of it. I think he just has a unique power or a unique combination of strength and athleticism. Um, and I think this guy has first rounder written all over him uh, just because you can't find guys his size that move like that. And he's bigger on tape to me than we just talked about Michael Hall, but has that same type of athleticism. Yeah, and I always forget to Debo very conscientiously makes a point to note these things. And I always forget them. You mentioned the Notre Dame game as a game for Michael Hall to watch. He won't be going up against Joe Alt necessarily, but that typically Notre Dame usually is a pretty offensive line. And then Leonard Taylor, the game to watch. You you mentioned Florida State. Uh, does Florida State have any guys we need to worry about at this point in the, along the offensive line? Not as much on the offensive line, but they're loaded on the offense. It'll yeah, interesting. Some of it, if I didn't see an offensive lineman, uh, I try to look at the quarterback, and Florida State's quarterback is very athletic. Uh, so you're yeah. going to be able to see this guy cause he's probably going to get a lot of pressures in that game. I imagine, but see his athleticism and see him run down, um, the little cornerback quarterback from uh, Florida state. 
you had you mentioned a first round talent for both uh, possibly Michael Hall and then just Leonard Taylor here. I had uh, Leonard Taylor as an early day two guy, but of course that can change. And just like offensive linemen, it feels like defensive linemen get pushed up when it's a huge need. Um, and again, four of them went in the last draft. And I think this group, and I think you yeah, can look at his history. And when you're looking at these guys and projecting that they're probably going to be first round talent. Wait, what was the first part of your question? Do you ever go oh. back and revisit history knowing that when pass rushers and interior pass rushers come available in the draft, more than likely they're going to go in the first round? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, my problem is that I temper everything because we're in August. And as Debo notes, you got to go. You're supposed to not temporary. You're supposed to downplay something after you see the tape in their final year, assuming these juniors are going to come yeah. That's what that's what I'm learning. Them the benefit of the doubt when you grade them early, uh, and I always told our scouts that grade them higher or grade where you anticipate they will be. We'll get it corrected after the season, but at least that gives our directors and myself the heads up to make sure that we are on top of those guys, especially during the fall, and evaluate them. We'll fix it at the end, but give them the benefit of the doubt going into the season, especially if they have some traits that you think will translate to the NFL, and especially if you're an interior pass rusher. I love that advice. I wish I'd gotten that advice three weeks ago. <laughs> That's actually really good advice. You know, I'm going to make extra for this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little free consulting on the side there. All right. Well, he's a first round pick. Then I'm not going to dilly dally about it. Uh, just to follow up quickly on that. One of the things that you sort of go back and look at were the undersized wide receivers, the guys who are sub five eleven and are sub-180, 175, and typically those guys end up going early day three. This year, they all went in the third and second round, so right. it's, it changes. Um, so when you try to figure out what's going to happen there, um, but we'll see. We'll see how the, the the smallish wide receivers work out this time. But to your point, that's a good one. Leonard Taylor, first-round pick. All right, who's next? We didn't do our comparisons. Oh, gosh. there's a. I wanted to get past this. Oh, my. Oh, never mind. Wait. <laughs> I don't want to get past this. Who's your cop, Rick, for Leonard Taylor? Uh, I went with Cansey. The reason I went with Cansey is because I saw very similar type athletic traits. Um, and I saw the pass rush that Cansey showed last year. And I think he's probably uh, better versus the run uh, than Cansey was. Uh, yeah. But he his pad level does get high and he'll get bounced around some. But I thought he was a more athletic, bigger version of Cansey. Well, how about South Carolina State's own Javon Hargrave is my comp for uh, Leonard Taylor here. And apparently, according to the the voters, Rick, 58% to 42%, they agree that Javon Hargrave is a better comp for Leonard Taylor. Where, are you com- where do you come down on Javon Hargrave? Yeah, I understand that. Uh, well, they are, and Hargrave was a pretty good pass rusher coming out, but it took him some time. Yep. Actually, did he start out in Pittsburgh, I believe? Yep, third round pick. Third round pick in Pittsburgh. To me, Cansey and Leonard Taylor are much more polished and ready to go uh, earlier in their career. So. No, I agree with that part. Um, all right, good. That's a win for Wilson. We desperately needed the win. Still in last place, convincingly so, but whatever. A win's a win, moral victory or otherwise. All right. Let's change. So five to, five to two is the uh, updated tally. Five to two. You love to see it. All right. So let's well, we get to vote for you. I think this is a fixed election here. Oh God, here we go. Here we go. Pete <laughs> <Be> Prisco, <laughs> the, the election denier. 
All right. <laughs> Let's go to Illinois and talk about a stacked defense. That defense last year in Illinois was, was uh, stacked. They had guys drafted uh, in the secondary all day long that we talked about frequently. And this year they're going to have, and I think I had him as a first-round guy. I'm going to move him to first round if I didn't, based on our recent conversation here. Their defensive lineman, uh, Zerjan Newton. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. We'll get it by the by, by next March for sure. Zerjan uh, Newton. Let me get the size and weight on you. It's 6013, so uh, 6'1", 300 pounds unofficial, uh, 5'0", unofficial in the 40. He's going to be 21 years old next month, or at the end of this month, excuse me, um, and that's no one cares about that. That that age is perfectly fine. Uh, but he consistently was quick off the ball, consistently active hands, very similar to what you saw in Leonard Taylor. I just thought he was a little more polished, and I thought he was a little more consistent in terms of making plays. He was in the backfield a lot in the games I watched. Um, again, sometimes was, um, oh gosh, I'm looking, I'm trying to find the weaknesses. I didn't see a whole bunch of weaknesses in this game. Uh, consistently started the point of attack. I thought he held up the double teams pretty well. And you mentioned that earlier about Michael Hall. And let me ask you this, Rick, when you say that to me, that means you're not getting pushed off the ball. You're able to, to keep the guys, uh, maintain two, two blockers at the line of scrimmage while your teammates do work. Is that how you view being good against double teams, or do you want them to like break through double teams? No, you you want them to see us uh, double teams, combination blocks, angle blocks. If they can drop their weight, if they're waist, if they bend at the knees, and can anchor uh, and fight right. off that pressure. So to me, that's when I'm looking there. Some of the guys uh, aren't as strong through the lower body, or they get their pad level too high. So that's when they give ground, you know. And I just uh, watched a bunch of pro tape and you can see some of these young guys and that played high in college, but that is all things that can be taught, uh, when they get to the next level, cause that's more of a technique thing, unless they're just stiff through their lower bodies. And what do you think of Newton? I liked Newton. Uh, I think he, out of the last two, I think he was the strongest at the point versus the run where he did drop his weight and anchor. I thought he wasn't as, Quick twitched as a pass rusher in line. I think he relies on power and then a counter move. I don't know if, uh, if he is as finesse and as athletic utilizing uh, finesse type moves as an inline rusher, but he can definitely rush the passer, just a different style. But I thought this guy had upside as an inline rusher. And I think this guy uh, with another strong year, he'll be a, another first rounder, in my opinion. Yep, I had uh, early day two. He's going into round one now after a conversation. He have no D tackles going in the first round so far. Well, the thing is, I'm going to have to do a mock draft pretty soon. So some of these guys are going to have to go. And maybe I'll put all every one single one we talk about in here so I can cover my bases. Oh my God, you got a mock draft coming up? Can't wait. Man, the football season is about to start. What do you? I, I don't get to to have all my little side jobs. I got to do that. That's my thing. Who is your comp for uh, John Newton? <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a mock draft this year, by the way. So just uh, it's not my contract. <laughs> I don't think it's specifically in mine either, but they tell me I got to do it. All right, uh, who's, your, who's your comp? My comp for Newton was Sharif Floyd when he came out of Florida and when we drafted him in the first round. Who Once was, again, you're cheating with your comps. What are you talking about? He's thick. He can play the run. Sharif did, and if you know, Sharif had a. Really good career starting to come around until he had that devastating knee injury, uh, <clears throat> never was able to recover. Um, but there was a lot of traits to uh, Newton that I saw when we uh, drafted Sharif Floyd. 
I went with uh, Geno Atkins. How do you feel about that? Geno Atkins was quicker twitched. He was more cancy like. Uh, I I think that um, Newton's a little twitchier than you think he is, though. No, I'm not saying he's not twitchier. I'm just saying his style was more power to come. Okay. I didn't say he was not twitchy. Why did Geno fall to? I think he was a fourth round pick. Is that because it's Atkins, undersized? Undersized. Yeah. Okay. This All guy's right. not undersized. Thank God. Uh, Debo didn't pick this comp. I think he's cherry picking to help you out. To be honest, I absolutely cherry picked on this one. <laughs> Thank you, Debo. The, I take. I will take it. <laughs> familiarity with Javon Hargrave. Um, I tried to help Ryan out and and not go with Michael Hall on this one and and Osa as his comp. <laughs> yeah, thank. Yeah, thank. That's also. I that do wonder. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone who watches and listens, of course, but I, I, I don't know if, if all the, the viewers and listeners have watched all these players that we're talking about to be able to do the comp. So I think they're just sort of sometimes guessing and they're not guessing in my favor. So I think that again reflects poorly on me, whatever I'll take it. All right. So let's see here. First round guy. Again, he was my um, DL number one right now, Rick, you have him as your number four in the list of guys we're talking about. I think, is that right? Three, number three. Okay. And the game you're interested in is Iowa. Why do you like Iowa? Just because they always have good offensive linemen. Yep. All right. That checks out. <laughs> no more needed to be said about this. All right. Let's go to number four here. Oh, I'm sorry. He was number four for me. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll uh, get through these last um, two on defensive line and then turn our attention to the linebackers. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. Oh, Ryan, can I just mention that uh, my Delta flight back to today uh, to hustle back here to do this podcast. Yeah. They had Paramount Plus, and I watched the Tulsa King on the way home. It's pretty good, right? I have to call you to figure out how, since I have it, oh, put it on my TV because Tulsa King was very good. It was he's got, very he's got to good. Fly across the world to be able to watch Paramount Plus. <laughs> he's spending $800 an hour to watch Paramount Plus on those flights. Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone is, is great. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, Rick, let's, um, and I'm glad you got, got to watch Paramount Plus like the rest of the world. I'm going to group together our fourth and fifth players here um, along the defensive line. Mason Smith out of LSU and Rue Oro 
Roro. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and I'm going to uh, group them together here in part because they're similarly sized. Mason is, is 6'5", 298. And I think Oro which is going to be fun to say, is 6'4", 289, unofficial. And Oro Isn't that what I said? What did I say? No. <laughs> what? Oro Ro Is that no, what you said? I think it's Othoroto. I don't think so. All right. Well, well, if you know, we had a producer that would actually produce pronunciation on names, it would really help. Well, I just looked up the pronunciation, and it's Rook Orororo. Orororo. <laughs> I just want to hear you say that. Yeah, that's what I've got from the Clemson website. Okay. So unless they don't like them, <laughs> I think that's how he he goes. I don't. I don't think me putting guides on your rundown would help either. <laughs> <laughs> how am I supposed to phonetically write down Jalen Hurts? <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, these guys are similarly similarly sized, and I thought one of the not concerns, but one of the things that sort of stood out to me when I watched them play was that they they at times got too upright and they would uh, get pushed off the ball uh, at times, um, and, and those were concerns. Not concerns that they're not going to get drafted or be great players or have great seasons, but when you compare them to the three players we talked about, they were um, a little different in terms of the, the the strength of the point of attack. I don't know if you had any uh, different thoughts on, on those two guys, Mason Smith and Rook Aurora. Yeah, Mason Smith, to me, he's a unique uh, size guy that has excellent athleticism and twitch. Again, technique, which you talked about, but when he shows – I had to go back to 2021. I wasn't good enough to do the – eight plays that he played in at the end of this. I did 2021 as well. Cause he, he hurt his knee in week one. I should mention last year yeah. and he didn't play. So he's coming off that uh, torn ACL. Uh, and, uh, but I really like this guy's upside. This guy can bend and dip. He plays with leverage. Um, he's very flexible through his lower body. He can run. Uh, he shows a lot of flashes in 21, but needs to be more consistent. And he has to show that he's going to be durable. And if he can show and play through every game this year and show that he is durable, that this guy will definitely be uh, considered in the first round. He has first-round traits written all over him. And I should note, the 2021 tape I watched, that was over obviously over a year ago. And a lot of the concerns I had about the strength could have changed. He could have gotten a lot stronger last summer. He just didn't get a chance to play other than a handful of plays in week one. So maybe those things aren't even an issue. But as you know, you like the athleticism. Um, I think I had him as a second rounder. You had him as a first rounder. Who's your comp for Mason Smith? Uh, I went with uh, Javon Kinlaw, the kid that came out of South Carolina. I that believe. feels a little rich. It was He was inc- incredibly powerful coming out of South Carolina, wasn't he? And bigger. I'm just telling you. This guy will be a first-round talent. I went with someone. Michael Brocker, too. That was my other. Okay. Okay. Back and forth between those two. But because of the athleticism, I went with Ken Law. Well, I, I'll mention my name, and then we'll move on quickly. Perry and Winfrey. I I, I thought Perry and Winfrey. <laughs> Rick laughs. Good athlete. Did a little bit. Very good comp. I really respect that comp. Thank you. Worked, uh, I wanted to see more out of Perry and Winfrey coming out of Oklahoma. He was a good athlete. I, I think that Mason Smith will provide us that opportunity because he still has a year left. After uh, missing most of last year. Okay. Rook, a row, a row. <laughs> That's going to be fun to say throughout. Uh, who's your comp for, for him? Oh, this one I went deep and uh, trying to make a comparison. And this one was a hard one for me, I have to admit. Okay. Uh, but Boya uh, Mafi, the defensive end from University of Minnesota, both Nigerian kids. When you watched Mafi, when he came out as you watched the year before, 
he was very raw, had a lot of physical tools, but still learning how to play the game. I think even though they played different positions, this kid played up and down at all the positions, but I think he's a three-tech. You can see all the traits that you're looking for. He only has, I believe, has played football since his junior year in high school. So he's got a lot of growing to do as a football player, just like Mafi did. Yeah. Mafi's instincts continue to get better the more reps he got. I think this kid will be on that same path. And like Mafe, he's a little older. He's going to be 22 in October. Um, that's fine. But I think Mafe was probably 23, maybe a little older when he came out. Um, he was right around the COVID time. So I don't think he, and I can't remember whether he opted out or stayed an extra year or whatever, but um, he's now in Seattle and he's having a pretty good camp, which is great news because I liked him a lot coming out as well. I went to Marvin Leal because I too had no real comp for him. Leal's a, a thicker player. Uh, the expectations were pretty high for Leal coming out and he had an okay final year at uh, Texas A&M. He's now in Pittsburgh uh, as a part-time role and looking for big things in year two. All right, that's it. Those are our five defensive linemen. They're not the only five defensive linemen. Those are just the five guys we watched that we were interested in seeing. There's going to be a lot of other guys to talk about. So don't take it personally if we didn't talk about your guy. We will definitely get to him over the next uh, eight or nine months. Now, this is where things get interesting, Rick. The linebackers. And your guy at the top is not my guy at the top. Your guy at the top is my number three guy. But we're going to start with Jeremiah Trotter Jr., yeah, no, I, I liked him. He's undersized, but I thought he was very smart, very instinctive. Uh, I thought he was ath- he had good athletic skills. Um, he was quick to read and react in line, solid tackler, but lack of length shows up. On some of his missed tackles, he was a good athlete in zone coverage. Um, he really has a feel to cut off and, and get in the throwing lanes, got his hands on a lot more balls than I anticipated. Uh I thought he did a nice job working through blocks and space on screens. He was good timing as an inline blitzer, small linebacker. And just like all the small linebackers, he struggled uh, trying to get off blocks. Uh, but I thought this should be a solid three down type starter in the league. May not initially be that starter, but eventually will be. So I thought this guy was, a, again, a Friday talent second round. I put him in right now. I didn't see any first-round talented linebackers as of yet. I know there's a lot to go. But uh, this guy was a really good football player, probably a better football player than he's going to be athlete. But I thought athletically showed up on the uh, tape. 5'11 and a half, 225 unofficially, 4'7 unofficial as well. Uh, he's 20 and a half years old right now, so he's young. And I liked him a lot. I thought he's incredibly smart. And to your point, uh, good athlete but not the best athlete on that team at the linebacker position because someone there's pretty special athletically, but I thought he was, he was a really good player. And I think I had him as a uh, day two guy as well. Um, I had some questions about the athleticism at times in space. Do you think he's good enough to play in coverage in the NFL? I do just because of his instincts and zone and okay. I, in a couple, he batted some balls. Down. I think he had an interception and in one of the games I watched, he just, he just has a, he did inherit his father's instincts. So Jack Campbell, we talked about him. He went 18th overall, the only first round pick at linebacker in the draft a few months ago. There are no linebackers in round two. So let me ask you, you mentioned Jeremiah Trotter as a, a day two guy, Drew Sanders, Marty Mapu, Dayon Henley, and his former teammate, Trent Simpson, who was incredibly athletic, but didn't play with the instincts that, that Trotter does of those guys. Do you like Trotter the best or would he, he slide in there in between there? Yeah. 
uh, I like Drew Sanders because of the size and the length and the yeah. athleticism. Um, but I think he slides in there with those guys. And I think, like I said, teams are going to have to determine how much upside he has. Uh, he's still young. He can still get better, learn how to use his hands a little better, taking on blocks. But, you know, this guy's a very smart football player, very good football player. And in the least surprising news of the offseason, you have again gone with a Minnesota comp because you got to see this player uh, 5,000 times, and that is going to skew your 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 opinion. What's your comp for Jeremiah Strada Jr.? He reminded me of when uh, Eric Kendricks came out of UCLA. Uh, he was pretty uh, special. Is he? Wait, Kendricks is a better athlete, though, right? Probably a little better athlete, but the instinctual part of linebacker to me, which is the most important part, um, play that position uh very similar instincts to what eric kendricks had and eric kendricks was small struggled getting off some inline blocks but got better at that and physically matured uh but he reminded me of the instinctual traits that eric kendricks had how do you like my comp of malcolm rodriguez no, I, I love it i think people <laughs> should have used this <laughs> is this the one you did the the poll for Debo or not I am I'm bringing that up right now what do you crossed what do you expect the percentages to be I'm going to say that because Rodrigo was so popular last year somehow a day three pick should have been a day two pick at least I'm going to say I'm going to say Rick wins like 54 to 46 something like that that is a horrible guess oh no what a, what an absolute ass kicking! <laughs> oh, I got my hopes up. That's a sad, sad day. Eric Kendrick, seventy three percent. If you're listening, Malcolm Rodriguez, poor Rodrigo got twenty seven percent. Again, when I said horrible, did you think you had won? I was hoping maybe Rick lost. <laughs> I was hoping it gets hope. At least Steve didn't cherry pick one. At least he uh, actually did uh, something that was uh, an absolute horse oh, whipping. All this right, whatever. Be the biggest spread out of anything we've done so far, Debo, is it? Yeah, it, that that covers the biggest spread. So it uh, it moves to six to two with only the secondary left. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I, I'm going to have to cheat. <laughs> I think that's what what we're coming down to. All right, let's go to uh, number two on our list. Uh, as we aggregate the, the the rankings here, this player was number one on my list, number three on your list, Rick, I believe. And this is Jeremiah Trotter's teammate, Barrett Carter. And Barrett Carter, and bad news for you, we have the same comp for him. So that means well, you're... Well, because I send it when Pete sent out that he liked You followed Pete's yeah, uh, advice because this was Pete's favorite guy too. And then I put out what my comp was in a text chain. And so I'm assuming that you still did it by yourself. But I did give you a little hint in my text chain. Uh, Pete, I was talking to him yesterday. He reminded me of that fact as well. Maybe it got into my subconscious. Um, but that's sort of who it reminded me of. Uh, Bear Carter, the linebacker, unofficially five, almost uh, six feet, 5'11 and a half, 229, four or five, five speed. He looks faster than that. And, you know, um, we'll spill the beans on the comp here. Brian Asamoa out of Oklahoma, who ended up being a third round pick, I believe. I think Carter has a chance to, to, to go higher than that. I think he could sneak into the bottom of the first round. I think he's that good. And I'm just interested to hear what you say, Rick, because I'm guessing the reason you, I don't want to say you dinged him, but the reason that you had him third and not first or second is because of the size. Is that the concern? Size and he plays in a slot a lot. And, uh, but he makes some incredible uh, athletic plays. The one that really stuck out to me was, oh, I watched the Louisville game. He had a great sack where he leaped over the running back and ran down the quarterback. Um, this guy uh, 
is an effective blitzer if he's free. Uh, I recognize all the athleticism. It's just the size was a little bit of a concern. And so he's going to be stacked inside. Is he going to get engulfed? Oh, uh, okay. I see him in space all the time. You don't care that he's versatile. You care that he's slight of frame. When you play him inside, that's going to be a problem. Could be. Yes. So knowing everything we know now, and we know now that it ha hasn't gone great for, for this player I'm about to mention, um, they play similar positions, different body types, but I, I'm just curious who would you be higher on in terms of next level success, Barrett Carter or Isaiah Simmons? Simmons, they can't find a position for right. this player. I think that he is a will linebacker, but he has to be covered. And okay. he is more instinctive than Trent Simpson was. 100%. Coming out. And I Trent agree with that. Was a great athlete. Simpson went in the third round, had a lot of first round buzz because of the athleticism. I think I want to hear your rankings. My rankings for these linebackers, if you include the 2022 class uh, coming out of Clemson, I would have Barry Carter first, Jeremiah Trotter second, and Trent Simpson third. I would have flipped the two. But you would have Trent Simpson third, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think that tells you how good this group is, um, that the third of the bunch is an incredible athlete who's now in the NFL as a third-round pick. All right, we both said Brian Asamoah, uh, who's undersized. and I, How did Brian do last year? I didn't watch him closely. Special teams guy was, okay. was a backup. Uh, he'll get an opportunity to maybe start this year, so we'll see. Okay. You said third round for Brian Bear Carter. I think he goes a little higher than that. Both players you mentioned as games to watch is Florida State, and you talked about Florida State earlier. All and the reason I, I want to see these linebackers versus Bell, the transfer uh, from South Carolina to Florida State, who's incredibly oh. athletic. That was my matchup that I wanted to watch these two again. That's a great point. We talked about him during the tight end segment, but he lines up everywhere. So, uh, in fact, I think we both had the same comp for him too, Chig Aquanquo, uh, I believe. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, I would feel bad too if you had the same comp as me. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and hit the final uh, three linebackers. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, next up, Rick, we're back to Ohio State. I feel like we should just move the uh, studios to Ohio State, do everything from there. Tommy Eichenberg, linebacker. There's some conversation he might come out last year, and I think during the fall we did a podcast where I had him as my just good football player, and you very unceremoniously pointed out to me that he had returned to, to school. But I, I'd watched him, and, and I liked him. I liked him a lot. Um, in terms of where we have him ranked in our conversation today, he was my linebacker four of the guys we watched. You had him at number two. I love everything about him. We talk about Jeremiah Trotter being uh, incredibly smart and knowing where to be. I feel like Eichenberg's the same way. I think Eichenberg's slightly less athletic than Trotter and obviously less athletic than Barrett Carter, who I like a lot. And that's the, the concern I have, sort of him getting lost in the middle of the field, asking him to do athletic things that perhaps he struggles with. But there, there's a lot of good things to like about him. I think he comes in day one and contributes right away as a starter uh, whenever that day comes for him in the NFL. Yeah, no, I really – I like to – at linebacker, I kind of put – I understand the athleticism and how important it is, but I always put it put whether it's right or wrong. Instincts is my number one thing when I watch linebackers. And I thought just like Trotter may not be as athletic as us, some of these other linebackers that were talked about, but this kid's very, very instinct, 
instinctual plays with high energy. Uh, he is instincts against the run. He tacks downhill, wrap tackler, good enough range. He has awareness and zone coverage. I don't know if I play him in a big heavy dose of man coverage, um, but he's going to be the quarterback of the defense, the green dot guy calling probably the defenses, lining everybody up. Uh, smart, savvy, instinctive. I don't want to put him in old school because I still think he can play three downs, but he just was solid across the board board on all three phases, in my opinion. I agree. Day two grade uh, from the both of us here. Um, I'll give my comp first because I just did this. I, I took Debo's advice. I said Gerard Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I said that and in parentheses I put Blake Martinez which is my real comp um, but give me your comp because no one cares what I say at this point about these comps Drew Tranquil when he came out of Notre Dame and I undergraded Drew yeah and, um, but now you know he just signed a deal with Kansas City played very good out with had a really good year last year out in LA with the Chargers so this guy uh, he reminds me very a lot of the traits that I saw in Drew, and when you go back and revisit guys you undergraded, uh, I undergraded Drew Tranquil and and what type of pro he's become. So I can see uh, Eichenberg having that same path. Do you know why you undergraded Drew? Do you remember what what changed your opinion? I got a little bit too hung up on athlete instead of instinct, and that's why I went back and revisit things. And that's something that I would recommend for you is – as you follow these guys through their NFL career, if you were off on a guy, why were you off? Uh, was it what was the biggest point of emphasis? And that's why I changed more to went to what when my brother came out. He wasn't a great athlete, but you know he had instincts. I was born with hair and, and a square chin and good looks. He was born with a change of direction and uh, instincts. So, are you a better athlete than Chris? Yeah, that that was a whole nother story. Uh, he was, he, you know, we, he was stronger. Probably I was probably stiff, uh, but I can run straight and jump higher. I just couldn't change direction like him, and I didn't get the instinctive gene like my brother got. I got the hair gene and the <laughs> handsome gene. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let me ask you. Um, we can't play one on one football, but one on one basketball in your prime, who's winning? Ah, uh, I would probably say Chris. Oh, yeah. okay. A foot race, you're winning that. Yes. In uh, fact, when we worked construction one summer in high school. <laughs> another job. <laughs> yeah, another side job. Uh, I won every race, so the workers would bet on me and Chris all the time. So I actually had to wear cement boots when we raced at lunchtime. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being the contractor with these two numbnuts out there trying to get stuff done and they're out there racing in cement boots? <laughs> he was not, he didn't have to wear the cement. I was like one of those uh, secretariats running straight line. I had to have some extra weight put to, oh my in gosh. my saddle to make it an even race. If you uh, shaved your mustache, you'd run even faster. That thing was slowing you down. <laughs> All right, let's get to these last two linebackers. I got to go do HQ in a second here and talk about some, uh, some more rookies. So listen. This guy, you had ranked six out of the six guys we watched. I had him ranked second, and again, I think I know where this is going to go. So, Smale Mondin out of Georgia, insanely athletic. The instincts aren't quite there yet, and I think that's probably some of your concerns in addition to the size. But I was blown away with the athleticism and the, the ability to run around. Super high motor, played much bigger than, than his listed weight, and let me get that for you um, so we can be on the same page. 
Where are you, buddy? There you are. Unofficially 6'3, 220. So that's a, I mean, he's a beanpole. 4'6'2 unofficial as well. I thought he played bigger and, and even faster than that. But again, um, needs to get more experience. So maybe that lends to a conversation about instincts. And, and I thought the size is probably something that, that slowed you up a little bit. Size and strength. I didn't think he was very powerful taking on blocks, but I do recognize the athletics. Uh, Eddie was a very good athlete in coverage, uh, especially for his length. Um, just a little awkward getting out of his transition and routes in front of him. I didn't think it was a great blitzer. Good closing speed, but I thought that uh, once he was engaged in a block that he struggled to get off. Um, and I did question some of the instinctual things that you mentioned. So him or Channing Tindall, who's a third-round pick last year coming out of Georgia? Probably this guy. I think he has Okay. Right. Okay. They'll be determined this year if, right. uh, if if he shows up a little bit more instinctually. All right. that's I feel pretty good about that because that, that's a conversation I was sort of going through because I thought Channing Tindall got drafted higher than I thought because of the athleticism. Um, hasn't, done, hasn't done much yet, but that doesn't mean he won't. All right. Uh, I did the comp here. I don't think you did one. You were uh, too busy running foot races and cement boots. I went with Jabril Cox. Who cares? Um, Jabril Cox is a better, more experienced player. It doesn't really matter. I think that we can see... <laughs> I think we see Mondin go oh, indeed. Put yourself down. I like that comparison. Ah, shut up. <laughs> I came up with one, and you came up with one better than me because I didn't put any. You didn't do one. <laughs> I think Mondin has a chance to be a day two guy if he has a good season because the athleticism. I, I would agree with that. All right, and finally, let's go to UNC. Talk about Cedric Gray. He was my uh, number five guy on this list. You had him as your number four guy, and I liked him. I, I didn't love him. I thought he did some things well. Let me get the numbers for you here. Uh, he's a senior, so he's a little older, um, 6'1", um, almost 6'2", 230 pounds, listed as a 4'5 guy. I, I wasn't convinced he played that fast from what I watched. Um, let me see what I have here. I thought sometimes he's a half-step slow to, to diagnose um, misdirection plays, uh, random stuff out of place sometimes by guessing. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more instinctiveness in his game. Uh, I thought he was willing to take on blocks and, and fill gaps, and, and that's what you want from an off-ball linebacker. Uh, but I, I didn't love him as much as the other players we've talked about so far. Yeah, no, I, th I, I would agree with you on most of your points, um, but I thought this guy was athletic. He needs better awareness on some of these angle blocks. Played better versus Pitt and Oregon than some of the other games that I watched. Um, this guy is a solid hitter. He's athletic in coverage. He can be effective uh, in, in, uh, as a blitzer through the A-gap. He knows how to work through edges and get in, have an effect on the quarterback. Uh, he got beat on a wheel route in the Miami-Florida game, which I didn't like. Um, <laughs> he didn't either. I, I thought this guy was a borderline day two guy right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. This is going to be fun to revisit and see where these guys end up going. What was your comp for Cedric Gray? Dorian Williams. He was a, He's a really good player out of Tulane. Let's see where Dorian got drafted. He was drafted third round. Off bottom off. Of, yep, went to the Bills. That's a great pick, Ali. I don't know how he's doing in camp, but in terms of on paper, that's a fantastic selection. I again, I had a little more, a few, few, few more concerns than you did. So I went with Chaz Surratt, who also played at, at UNC. He was a good athlete. Um, didn't quite live up to the to the hype at the next level, at least not yet. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, Cedric Gay has a pick in the uh, Hall of Fame game. He's What's that? He did have a pick at Chaz Surratt. Oh, he did? Him, yeah. What a great – I didn't see that. What a great uh, comp by me then. Yeah. All right. And you uh, mentioned the Clemson game as a game you want to see Cedric Gray do well in. 
Right, just because of uh, the running back and, uh, you know, in the ACC, I didn't really see any offensive linemen, but uh, they usually Clemson's going to have athletes all over the field. And then all one right. other guy before we go, yeah, uh, just to keep your eye on this, Curtis Jacobs from Penn State. Yeah, I watched him too. Let me give the numbers real quick, and you can tell me what you thought about him. 6-0, um, also almost 6-2, 236, 4-5-ish. Uh, I he remind I'll just tell you who he reminded me of. Um who's the kid that was drafted uh, from Penn State by Carolina? Brandon Smith. Incredible athlete, just didn't put it together. That was my concern with, with Curtis Jacob. Go ahead. Yeah, mine was uh, Henley from Washington State. Oh boy, that isn't that is way too rich. I'm just telling you, this guy is athletic, he can run, speed shows up in the open field, little out of control is a blitzer. He has skills that will ascend once he improves his technique. Um, this guy will definitely go on Friday. Oh, definitely. Make a point, Devo. He says definite. All right, do you want to do a $1 bet on that? Because i got to make some money back. We're going to do a $1 bet on all of our uh, oh, no. going to go in the draft. Okay. In your season, see who was more accurate trying to predict. All right. Uh, these guys are going to go before they play their last year of college. That's a good idea. All right, I'm down with that. I think uh, I'm going to make a lot of money on this Curtis Jacobs thing. I'm just kidding. I want Curtis Jacobs to have a good season. <laughs> I don't want. I mean, I don't want to make a dollar on this poor kid has a bad season. I end up making a hundred pennies off of it. You're really way behind on the dollar bets last year, this year, the comps. The uh, now we're going to do the predictions on what round they're going to go before we even see them play. So, in my defense, you have a thirty-year head start, but uh, I'm I'm trying to hold on for dear life. It ain't going well. All right, that is it, Rick. That's episode thirty. Uh, thirty episode seventy in the books. It does not feel like 30. It feels like 130. Um, so if you haven't yet, give us a little thumbs up. If you're watching on the YouTube, thanks as always to my guy, Rick. Thanks to Devo for producing. And thanks to all you guys out there who watch and listen. We'll be back on Monday to recap the preseason games. Have a good weekend.